nice. Thank you. All right, let me get settled here. Got my Kleenex. Got my book to read. I want to open um, with a few lines from a piece of a play. Readaptation. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> a readaptation of Shakespeare's *A Tempest* from a post-colonial view. Um, it's from Caliban, who was the ruler of this island, and all of a sudden Prospero comes and makes Caliban a slave. Here's what he says. Prospero, you are the master of illusion. Lying is your trademark. And you have lied so much to me, lied about the world, lied about me, that you have ended by imposing on me an image of myself underdeveloped, you brand me inferior. That is the way you have forced me to see myself. I detest that image. What's more, it's a lie. But I know you, you old cancer. And I know myself as well. I believe God made us well. I believe all the variety and difference among us is a part of God's really good creation. And I believe that one day all wrongs will be made right. I believe that as a Christ follower, it is my duty to make this day look like that final day every day I walk on this earth. I think one of the ways of which we can do that is to live freely out of the fullness of who God has made us to be. When I was asked to speak in chapel, it's relationship week or something like that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I should talk. I, at first I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about friendships because friendship is so important. It's, I can't tell you how good it is um, to have friends who see God in you and empower, encourage, and keep you accountable to it. I can't think of a greater gift besides God <laughs> than that, right? Um, but so I was trying to come up with some like really creative, all new way of talking about Ruth and Esther or David and Jonathan or something like that. But God just kept on calling me back to Romans 12, which is, if you know me, is one of my favorite portions of scripture and I've talked about before. So I'm like, God, I got to do something new. But he's like, no, just, just do what I tell you. Which is part of what I'm talking about. So I'm like, I better do what God tells me. <laughs> all right. So. If you have your Bibles uh, or looking at it on your phone, I'm going to be talking about Romans 12. It starts with this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Offer your whole self, the entirety of who you are, your mind, your body, your soul, your thoughts, your actions, everything about you, Give that to God. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's calling us to adjust our way of thinking. Don't let 
the culture around you slips so deep inside you that you don't realize that it's affecting the way you think. Reprogram your mind and do it every day. (laughs) Now, some of us would say, myself included, that's a little easier said than done, (laughs) right? And the culture is always trying to shape us, whether we realize it or not. Growing up, um, I um, have three brothers. They're the closest um, relationships I have, deep, deeply meaningful to me. And I remember, you know, growing up thinking about things like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't have sisters. It's so much better to have brothers than sisters. And one of these days, it clicked in my head, like, wait a minute, I'm a sister. What does that mean? (laughs) Where is this thought coming from, right? Now, some of you may think, well, you just love your brothers, so you think that way. And that's a piece of it. But there are also these messages that were telling me that girls are drama. And that brothers are better than sisters because they're more valuable. Here are some other messages the world has told me as a woman. Maybe some of you will resonate. I have less value than my brothers. I am in competition with every other female for male attention. The success or accomplishment of a female colleague is a threat to my advancement. I'm an object to be viewed and used. Even the church sometimes sends me this message that because I'm single, there must be something wrong with me. But friends, it's not just women that the world affects. I hate, and I'm saying that word appropriately, (laughs) I hate the ways in which the world shapes my brothers. Men, the world will try and shape you to be a perpetrator. And if you're not strong, and by strong I mean violent, I mean aggressive, I mean you only use your power to dominate others, then you question your sexuality. As if tenderness and strength do not go hand in hand. This world has patterns. It will try everything it can to keep you from loving your neighbor to keep you from realizing the goodness of who you are and acknowledging the goodness of who others are. Transform your mind. Do it every day. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 3, For the grace of God given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given to you. Be humble. It's this call to humility. It's an important manifestation of the transformed mind. Humility is an important manifestation of the transformed mind. It's a character of believers that can be seen in the world, and it stands out. Let's keep going, because I I really just love Romans 12. (laughs) I like you all, too. (laughs) 
Uh, just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not have all the same functions. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I am because you are. Transformation of the mind brings on a transformation of character that is seen so evidently in our relationships with one another. I am because you are. We all have different gifts. Praise the Lord. (laughs) According to the grace given us, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let her teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let her give generously. If it's leadership, let her govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Be courageous to be who God has called you to be. And please allow others the freedom to do the same. Don't let this world tell you because you're this, you can't be that. And also don't let this world tell you that these gifts God has given me aren't valuable. And on the flip side, that this gift God has given me is awesome. And I'm way better than everyone else. (laughs) The world is going to try and shape you to think contrary to what God has for your life. Your love must be sincere. Uh, Thomas Merton's No Man is an Island is one of my top five favorite books. Probably one of the top five books that have um, shaped my understanding of myself and relationship to God. And I want to read you just, just a few lines from that. Because I think it talks about love in a way that really fits in with Romans 12. We cannot love ourselves unless we love others. And we cannot love others unless we love ourselves. But a selfish love of ourselves makes us incapable of loving others. The difficulty of this commandment lies in the paradox that would have us love ourselves unselfishly because even the love of ourselves is something we owe to others. This truth can never become clear as long as we assume that each one of us individually is the center of the universe. We do not exist for ourselves alone. And it is only when we are fully convinced of this fact that we begin to love ourselves properly and thus also love others. Only when we see ourselves in our true human context as members of a race which is intended to be one organism, one body, will we begin to understand the positive importance not only of our successes, but of our failures and accidents in our lives. My successes are not my own. The way to them is prepared by others. The fruits of my labor is not my own, for I am preparing the way for the achievements of another, nor are my failures my own. They may spring from the failures of another, but they are also compensated for by another's achievements. Therefore, the meaning of my life is not to be looked for merely in the sum total of my own achievements. It is seen only in the complete integration of my achievements and failures with the achievements and failures of my own generation, in society, in time. It is seen above all in my integration into the mystery of Christ. Every other person is a piece of myself, for I am a part of humankind. 
Every Christian is a part of my own body because we are members of Christ. What I do is done for them and with them and by them. What they do is done in me and by me and for me. But each of us remains responsible for his or her own share in the life of the whole body. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of a continent, a part of the main. We can love sincerely because we are in this together. We can love sincerely when we do this active work of transforming our minds in a way that helps us understand, I don't need to be, have so-and-so become like this. I don't need this person to be more like this for me to love them. I love that person, how they are and who God made them. And all the difference that that encompasses. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. That sometimes seems a little easier than said as well. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about a person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit because they cannot understand them. But we, who are in the Spirit, a part of this one body, made up of all valuable parts, we have been given the mind of Christ. You can know through the Spirit what's good, what's evil, what's right, what's wrong. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. There's that humility again. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. It's countercultural to do these things, right? When it talks about joyful and hope, patient and affliction, the reality is that each of us are going to experience affliction throughout our lives, right? We all have burdens. We all will struggle. We'll all experience hardship and pain. Our American culture of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, individualized, idolized individualism will say, keep your burdens quiet. Keep them hidden. Put a box around your heart. Don't let anyone else help you because you don't need anyone else, right? Um, meanwhile, Jesus is standing over here saying, why are you choosing to live in sin and death? Weighted down by what your, your culture tells you to live. Come over here. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. There are no single yokes in Christianity. And, and Jesus isn't only saying, come over here, you got me. Jesus is saying, you got me and the entirety of my kingdom. We are in this together. Let's keep going. <laughs> this is some good stuff, right? Uh, share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute. Here's where it gets a little harder. <laughs> Bless those who persecute you. Persecute you. Bless, do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. There's that humility again, a character of the transformed mind. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. 
It's countercultural. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. No pressure. <laughs> if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. As far as it is possible with you, live at peace with everybody. Do not take revenge. Let me say that again. Do not take revenge. My friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. On the contrary, here's what God tells us to do. If, you, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you'll keep burning coals on their head. I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> it closes with this. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. It's an urge to resist temptation. I, it breaks my heart, some of the things that I hear. And when I was thinking about Romans 12, I felt, or when I was thinking about doing something else and God was like, no, do Romans 12, part of it was like, it's like God was saying to me, Aaron, my heart breaks when my creation doesn't see its value. And it's the value of ourselves and it's the value of others. This world will keep us running around busy comparing ourselves to one another, thinking that so-and-so is better, so-and-so's worse, I'm better, they're worse, whatever it might be. Don't get caught up in that mess. Resist temptation and work consistently at triumphing over the evil that others do to you. How do we do that? By doing good. Then not only do we not allow evil to corrupt our thinking, our integrity, we also display the character of Christ before a skeptical world. Now, the message is, you know, here or there, give or take. <laughs> uh, some verses, I'm like, that's a horrible <laughs> interpretation of it. <laughs> and some other, it's like, wow, this is really cool. I came across Romans 12, the message version, for the first time this week. And I want to I read the whole thing to you because it stands out in a different way. And then after that, I'll wrap us up with a few thoughts. Bear with me when I read this. Nope, got to flip to the other. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relationship to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important 
that you do not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. Not only, the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God does, is by what God is and by what God does for us, not by who we are and what we do for God. In this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part has its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a child, I love this part, but as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? <laughs> oh, funny. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in God's body, let us just go ahead and be what we were made to be. I want to read that again. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body, let us just go ahead and be who we're made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we are not. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with a disadvantage, don't let yourself get irritated or depressed. Keep a smile on your face. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life to good. Be friends. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expect it. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help the needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. I'll read that one more time. Bless your enemies. <laughs> no cursing under your breath. This world will tell you it's all right if they bother you. It's all right if they annoy you. God is saying that's not what a transformed life looks like. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. This world will try and put pressure on you that if you're not this great somebody, then you're not important. That's a lie. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it and you get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If she's thirsty, give her a drink. 
Your generosity will surprise them with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Here's my challenge to all of us, myself included today. Stop. Wait a minute. Think about what's making you respond that way. What's making me think this way? What's shaping my opinion of myself? What's shaping my opinion of others? Is it right? The active work of renewing your mind is daily. It's not a one-time thing. Our culture will continue to try and get you to think either too high or too low of yourself and others. Don't let it do it. Conforming to the pattern of the world is easy. And God, one of the things that I so love about God is God has given you the freedom to choose. My friends, the only choice that will not eat you alive (laughs) and spit you out at the end of each day is to choose to worship God. God is the one who looks at you and says, you, you are beautiful. You, you are gifted. You are valuable. I, God, see you and my creation is good. God's creation is good. So I urge you, brothers and sisters, to be courageous. Please, for my sake and everyone else's sake, in the kingdom of God, be courageous to live out of the fullness of who God has made you to be. You might not have it all figured out right now. I don't have it all figured out right now. But I actively strive for more understanding. Live out of the fullness of who God has made you to be. Offer your whole self, the entirety of who you are to God. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by doing the active work of renewing your mind. Adjust the way we think. Right on time. (laughs) Please, please, Think about why you think the way you do. When you do that, we see glimpses of the kingdom. And the skeptical world sees the character of Christ. We need that today. Repeat after me as we close. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Go and be blessed. Thanks, everyone.